way, we're going to receive communion today. There was something God, amen, praise God, amen. This is the Lord's body and his blood. And so uh, we want to receive our spiritual sustenance. Um, but there was something the Lord shared with me to share with you during this communion that he wants to do for us, especially. Amen. So this is uh, uh, something that he showed me. He he really, really wants to impart to us today. So let it be meaningful. I mean, I know it's meaningful and I know we we understand communion, but every there's sometimes certain things God wants to get into us, wants to impart to us, wants to show us, wants to help us with. And so this is one of those times. And so I was uh, going to share with you from the scripture. If you'll turn to Luke chapter 24. And uh, this is after Jesus was raised from the dead. Is that coach back there? I want you. Come here, coach. Give Papa some sugar for Christmas. I know I'm embarrassing, right? Like he's three years old. I saw a picture of him, and he had that coach face on. I said, oh, my goodness. Love you. Love you so much. Good to see you again. Amen. That's Coach Josh. Amen. But he had that coach face on. I said, oh, look at that. I said, I'd suit up and play. I don't know what to do. <laughs> we run around there like a crazy person. But anyway, it's good to see all everybody here today. It's just real good. So, amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Mr. Gary. God is good, isn't he? So, okay, in Luke chapter 24, this is a story about after Jesus was raised from the dead. It's after his resurrection. And there are some men on the road to a city called Emmaus. I think they say it's like 15 miles outside of Jerusalem or something like that. Um, Let me see. (laughs) They give me three score furlongs and nothing else. So. Uh, praise God. But uh, uh, it says here, starting in verse 13, behold, two of them, <clears throat> they're talking about disciples. Now, I'll go up a little higher and see where we need to start in verse 1. It says, the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came to the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. It came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments, and they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth and said to them, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was yet in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And then they remembered his words and returned from the sepulcher and told all these things to the eleven and to the rest. And it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, as they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran into the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. 
And in verse 13, then two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus. Now, these men have been told by the women, you know, which is sometimes not the best messenger to a man. You know, they cheat. I'll do it. Just just put it over there. I'll get to it. I'll do it when I get around to it. You know, that kind of thing. So, you know, many times people hear what they normally hear. They don't care what you're saying. Their ears are tuned in to a certain frequency. You know, I mean, we're all like that. You know, we tune out and then we wait for somebody to say something really important and then we start listening. Amen. And so it's it's just hearing is like that. You have to do it. You have to hear on purpose. And so it says they were on their way to a city which is from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Now, it was customary when your travelers always sought for people to accompany them when they traveled. That was common back in the day because there were thieves and robbers on the road. It was dangerous to travel alone. And so that's where, you know, the uh, the scripture that says agree with your adversary quickly while you are in the way with it. That word way means road. So if somebody comes up to you on the road and they're not to your liking or they you don't you don't believe in what they believe in or that you just agree with them and say, hey, a bad company is better than no company. Because when the thieves hit us, I got somebody with me to help me. So that was a a custom and a saying and an idiom. When you met somebody on the road, you say, uh, "What what party owe you?" Oh, I'm, that's me too. I'm going along with you. Know you just agree with them. You don't care what they are. You understand what I'm saying? And uh, you like chicken? I love chicken. And he's a vegan. You understand what I'm saying? But you love chicken on the road because you got to get to point A to point B very safely. You didn't argue with people when you met them on the road. You just didn't. It wasn't wise. It wasn't safe. If you got in a fight with them, you didn't know if he had some cousins up in the woods somewhere in the bushes to come out and help. So there was peace when you walked with you greeted everybody with peace. When you walked with them, you met them on the road. So Jesus comes alongside of them and he went there and it says, but their eyes were darkened and they didn't recognize who he was. This was before Pentecost. Nobody was was uh, baptized in the spirit, but they had received the spirit because they had the power to forgive. Remember, Jesus said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Whosoever sins you forgive, they're forgiven. Whoever's there were increments of the Holy Spirit um, uh, uh, imparted to people after Jesus was raised from the dead that gave them certain abilities they didn't have before. And so, but everybody has the ability to believe. I don't care if you're baptized in the spirit, not born again, whatever. Jesus would have sinners to believe he was, was the son of God and that he could heal them. And they got healed off of that faith. And so when he came up to them, they didn't recognize him. They've got all this information. Now there's people that have seen Jesus that morning and they tell them about it. They still don't believe. Here's Jesus walking beside them on the road. They don't recognize him. They're caught up in their conversation. 
And many times we can be caught up in a conversation, a lifestyle. You know what they're saying? They're saying, oh, I thought Jesus, I thought he was the one. I thought he's going to be somebody. And now he's dead. What are we going to do? And yeah, he did this and did that. And I thought, but no, he couldn't be it because he's dead now. So they have a mindset that's already decided Jesus is no longer alive and can't be. So they're fixed and stuck in their way of thinking. But it's not true. And so Jesus, having the spirit of truth, wants to impart truth to people. It's that way with us. Many times we want things from God, but we've been trained that that God doesn't do that anymore. He doesn't heal or he doesn't get. You got to be so-and-so in God before he can bless you like that. All that kind of stuff. We believe all kinds of untruths about God. And God wants to come in and enlighten our eyes, open our eyes up, get the scales off. Let us recognize the truth and recognize who he is. And so he said, and, and Jesus asked them, he said, what, what are you talking about? What are these things you're saying one to another as you walk and you are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleophas, I know his brother. I, what did he, well, no. You know a Cleophas, I know one too. Answering said unto him, Are you a stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which are come to pass in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which is a prophet and mighty indeed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and have crucified him. But we trusted that he had been the one which should have redeemed Israel. And besides all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yes, and then certain women of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher, when they found not his body and came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels which said he was alive. So these men have all this information about Jesus, and they still do not believe. Now, we think it's a little funny. We think it's a little amusing. But what things do we not believe? I mean, seriously. You know, there are people who are are, are believing God for certain things, and they quit. You know, they're believing God to get a good job, a good house, just like you've received things from God. And there are people who hold fast to what they're believing. There's some quit, quit going to church, say that stuff don't work. Oh, I tried that. Then people over there, they don't know what they're talking about. They say God is going to bless you. And I was over there for X number of years and I gave every Sunday and I never got nothing. You know, it's true. There are people who believe, you know, you can pray all day long and believe all day long for health and healing. Then you start speaking to, to something in your body and it don't move. So what you going to do then? Amen. So this is this what they are experiencing is very common. This is not, you know, they're not strange. They're kind of average, to be honest with you, where you can people have their minds made up already about something and jesus comes to change your mind about things he comes to change the way you think cause you to repent and say you know i thought i knew what i was talking about but i see i don't know nothing 
Amen. So, Lord, help me and show me and tell me. Amen. Because these men would have been running around today in the same mindset had Jesus not intervened sovereignly to help them to receive the truth. So many of the disciples were walking around with false ideas about Jesus. Some of them wanted to, you know, the the, the brothers kept asking him, who's going to be number one and who's going to be number two? They all had different ideas about what the kingdom was going to be like. They thought they'd have a kingdom. They thought they could overthrow Caesar. That's why when, when they came to arrest Jesus, uh, Peter cut the servant's ear off. Because he thought, oh, it's all now. Jesus, the king. He told us the king, that the kingdom. I'm going to be number one because I'm going to kill me somebody. You understand? They just have their mind. Everybody has their mind made up about something. So Jesus has to come in and blow some minds before he can get truth in us. You know, he's got to gotta uh, kill some sacred cows and some religious thinking and some things people hear. My granny told me, nah, she, my granny, she, you don't know, she prayed all the time. Well, granny was wrong about some stuff if she wasn't in her Bible. Amen. And he says here, they said certain women also of our company made us astonished. Well, if you're astonished, that's God trying to tell you, think again. But they got astonished and still kept the same mindset. Amen. Kept believing what they believed. And he says, then he said to them, verse 25, oh, fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Seriously, you calling somebody that, you know, we say agree with your adversary quickly. You ain't in agreement. In fact, you, you telling these people, you kind of insulting these guys. How do you walk up on somebody on the road and insult them like that without risking your own safety? See, Jesus always breaks protocol to get a miracle to you. He'll break your boss's rules to get you more money. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, everybody like that. When y'all been sleeping, y'all make me mad now. Wake up! If you get excited about money, you get excited about everything else. Huh? It's the truth. See? Look, look. It's wanted down on her knees and she got, I'm gonna lay prostrate before the Lord. Amen. He said, oh, fools and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. These guys are probably stunned. They said, oh, is this getting going for bad with us? This don't happen on the road. He said, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter in his, into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. This takes hours. And he drew near unto the village where they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. In other words, he he drops them off at the end, and he keeps it moving. See, at a certain point, you got to make the decision to grab on to the revelation. You got to make the decision to grab on to Jesus. You, if he, if he gives you everything he's got to give you, and you still don't believe, he gonna keep it moving. Because he knows you're going to be right there the next time you need something. You got me? And so he keeps moving on 
And then they they decide, they say, hey, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know you beat us up back there and you called us crazy and fools and everything else, slow of heart to believe, upbraiding them, all that. They should have recognized something in that conversation because they didn't had that from Jesus before. See, if they're disciples, he's told them before, uh, you of little faith, where is your faith? You got me? You of little faith. What y'all talking about back there? Huh? So they've been upbraided by him before. That should ring a bell. You know? It, you, you, most of us had teachers like in fifth grade that hollered at us some. And we hear a holler and that's, that sounds just like Miss Fenton. You, you understand what I'm, yeah, it rings a bell, don't it? Makes an impression because it's supposed to. Amen. Certain things are supposed to stick with you. So, so he gets ready to walk, walk on and they say, well, well, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Don't leave yet. Don't leave yet. So they invite him in. This is a very important thing to do. You think you got all the revelation you need to go kill your giant and Jesus tells you you're, there's more. Huh? You're supposed to ask him to hang around. I want the more, Lord. Every time you want the more. And so as he's trying to leave, it says in verse 29, but they constrained him, saying, stay with us. For it is toward evening, and this day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. Now, when they said, stay with us, why? Because it's late. They wanted more of him but they couldn't figure out why we'll say it again they wanted more of him but they couldn't figure out why so they think of a natural reason well it's too late for you to be traveling you know you you don't want to be by yourself come on in here and sit with us for a little bit see your spirit can be crying out for something and your flesh don't know how to figure what it is so their flesh came. Why are we asking this guy? He just slapped us all around out here. We ought to be eager for him to leave. You know, he's not a very, you know, personable traveler, traveling companion. So they constrained him to come in with them against all reasonable reasons. There's no reason why you want a guy, a know-it-all guy that knows all the scriptures can tell you everything backwards and forwards and make you feel like you're the smallest thing. You don't, we don't like people like that around us. But for y'all and y'all don't either. You don't like me. Who likes to know it all? You know, I got uh, rejected many times because I was a know it all as a kid. You don't like them people around you. Oh, here they come. Oh boy, they're going to start talking about so and so and so. You know that. So you don't, you don't ask people like that. Especially when they make you feel small. When people know more than you, you do feel small. Amen? That's you feeling small. They ain't trying. They just being who they are. Amen? And these men need to understand what's going on. Because they're way on the wrong. Emmaus was the wrong road. You got me? And so here they are. And they, for some reason, they want some more beaten up. Ever been that like that? You know, you come to church and you 
that word was really good. And you get in your car and you follow all these, all <laughs> you look under your car and you're bleeding all over the place. Amen. <laughs> it, it's called the knife or the hammer, you know. I, you know, the, I was telling the Lord, I said, well, Lord, uh, you know, I, I like to be nice when I preach. He said, that ain't your gift. You know, and so, you know, some people, they, they call them a velvet hammer. You know, they hit you and it kind of, and then you feel it later, you know. He said, yours ain't even velvet. He said, you some people out there need to show enough hammer. Amen. Amen. There's no, there's no gray area with God. It's either black or white. <laughs> Ask me, I know. So, so he says here, and, and they constrain him. They say, you know, it's late. Why don't you come? They don't, they tell him they, they want him there because it's too late, but that ain't really why. Your spirit can long for something that your mind cannot conceive and your mouth cannot articulate. So there's sometimes a hunger there that you can't express amen i always tell people i said you know back in the day you would go to the refrigerator and stare in there till you you felt hungry you didn't know what you wanted but you open the refrigerator door from now on start opening your bible because that's really what you're hungry for first you're hungry for the things of god so get your bible open first but he says here and it came to pass as he sat at meat that's what we're going to do today all of that talking all that preaching from jerusalem to emmaus it was like like five hours he's expounded the scriptures to them for five hours and they still don't understand see when you got everybody's got preconceived ideas some of us have preconceived ideas about healing. Well, if I don't get it right away, that means God ain't going to heal me. You're already healed. That's what that means. You understand what I'm saying? And so we ha- we have to get rid of the preconceived notions. We got to lay them down, and we got to pick up the revelation that God wants to give us. He wants to give us a new revelation today. I don't know what it's going to be for you or for me, but we all need one. And we're all waiting for one. I know I'm pressing into God the best I know how. I said, God, you see me over here? I'm cutting up over here. Woo, praise, worship. Listen, look, look, look. I'm listening to this on, on YouTube now. Listen, listen, listen. I'm, I'm here, God. Show me something. Nothing. You understand me? And and so we've got to, to find that place where he opens up the next level, the next move, the next way he qualifies us the next whatever breakthrough there's something that's going to break you out of where you are now and break you over where he wants you to be and we need to get that today and he said he would give that to us today so so it says here when they they there it says here in verse 30 came to pass as he sat at meat that is the communion table with them he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them and their eyes were open all that scripture all those people testifying nothing opened their eyes but the breaking of bread 
That's why communion's special. Amen. That's why we don't do it every like on a clock or something like that. I I make sure we have communion when God says and for a purpose that He wants to put something. We ain't just doing it for a ritual. You understand what I'm saying? And so you want to partake of the Lord's uh, His body is the word it's a new revelation in the word and his blood ratifies the covenant it seals it in it means that it's everlasting it won't change it'll be with you this isn't revelation that you're gonna get and get excited about it in your flesh and go around you know decree and i decree and declare you know that kind of stuff it ain't that kind of revelation this is something that you internalize in your spirit that he opens up to you and opens your eyes personally for what you need to understand for your situation where you are right now. How many of us want something? You need something bad from God that's going to break you out of your routine of where you are, all your preconceived ideas, the stuff you believe on your own and the stuff you've been taught religiously, the stuff you're scared to let go of. Because you don't know what else is going to replace it. You understand what I'm saying? A lot of people just don't really trust, trust God. If you know what I mean. They trust him, you know, watching him. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh. Now, if God tells you to increase your giving, you give it for a minute and then you go back to. It's the truth. Thank you, Ms. Nola. You know, I mean. Uh, we watching him all the time instead of letting him watch us obey him and do what we're supposed to do. God, I'm doing the best I know how to do. I'm down here. Look at me. Here I am. He's not impressed. So I need something else. You know, when you're doing the best you can, you're not getting over into, you know, the the reward column. You 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 need something to break open in you, some something your eyes to open a little bit more. Something you've been looking at maybe in the word forever and never saw it until now. This is this is how it's done. This is what it's about. It's about getting that revelation knowledge. When he puts that in you, you can use it. It's not you know how some stuff you hear, you say, Oh, I like that, that's interesting. You never use it. It was interesting. You liked it. You know, it's like, uh, you know, eating sweets all day long. Pretty soon you're going to want something that's going to fill you up. You understand what I'm saying? And so we can be like that about the word. I love the word. I love it when God gives me, you know, revelation, understanding, all that. A lot of it I can use. Some of it I got to put on the shelf for later. It'll come together at another time and so we want that that revelation that we can use now and the lord told me he's going to give it to you today he'll give it to you if you'll believe in the communion table and the breaking of bread the last time jesus was with the disciples before he was crucified and resurrected he said i want you to remember me every time you drink the bread and take the cup remember him what's that mean well, when when the Bible talked about God remembering people, he 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 deposited something in their lives. He did something for them. Bible says God remembered Hannah and she conceived. 
Amen. So when we remember the Lord, we conceive something. He gives us a new idea. He gives us an answer that we've been looking for. He said, remember me. He said, remember that I have all your answers. Remember that you are a part of me now. Old things are passed away. You're not a sinner anymore. You've been washed in my blood. You're righteous before me. Remember me and what I put inside of you. And remember me that I'll put more inside of you. I want to put more inside. You know, a lot of times people don't want their head messed up. Oh, don't tell me that. Don't don't tell me God said that. You know, my plate is full. You understand? That's the way these men were. But he was able to get them emptied. See, all of this talking he did while walking with them was to empty them of their unbelief. Pull all of that out. That's what we do at the communion table. We exchange places with him. We exchange our unbelief, our doubt, our fear, our not wanting, you know, lack of courage, all that. We put that over on him and he gives us more of him, whatever we need, that answer, that understanding. So why don't you pass the elements out now, ladies, because I forget I'll talk all day long. Praise God. God is so good. He wants us to know. He wants us to understand. He wants us to be equipped. He wants us to be able. Thanks, Ms. No. He wants us to be able to manage our lives successfully by using his word. Amen. Always using the word. So we're, we're believing God for a fresh revelation. Thank you, Nikki. And you tell him what you need. You tell him. Amen. He's here to give us what we want. Those men really underneath were wanting Jesus to still be alive. They wanted the the report of those people who had been at the sepulcher to be right. You ever want something, you want the right thing, but your mind's so crowded with the wrong stuff, you don't believe you can have it? You know, when we prayed in prayers, God will do exceeding abundantly beyond all we can ask or think, and he'll say, well, what do you want? And you say, well, uh, you're scared to tell him. Why? Because you think it's too much. Think it's too great. Think it's too wonderful. Think you're not worthy think it won't happen that's the way they felt we want jesus to be alive but we just can't all the stuff that's happened we just can't believe he is it's for that thing whatever you want like that and there's something standing in the way of you receiving it because you think it's too wonderful and too great he's going to give you that today he's going to take that out of you that unbelief out of you and allow you to receive the thing that's in your heart that you want Because if it's in your heart, he put it there. And it's not wrong for you to want it. Amen? I wish I had somebody who was wanting something here this morning. Yeah, you know, we're stunned because we don't really believe it. You're trying to think, well, what do I want? I don't know what I want. See, because your mind doesn't conceive of it enough to put any faith with it. You know, you see some of these people that we... We hate on, jealous of, you know, 
people with multi-million dollar ministries and stuff, they have that in their minds all day long. They think about it all day long. They're thanking God for it all day long. Norval Hayes said, if you forget to thank God for something, he'll forget to give it to you. See, we got to hold these things. You can't be afraid of what's in your heart that you desire. You can't be because God put it there. You're wanting it where you can manage it. What do you need him for if you can manage it? He wants to do something for you that's going to mess your head up. Amen. All the single people, you need to be jumping on this. This your husband or your wife right here. Everybody awake now. Even the married people that woke up. Whatever it is you desire from the Lord, eat his body. Receive his body because it's in his body what you want. Amen. So he said, this is my body broken for you. It's broken for you. It's broken to get sin out of the way of your promise. He took your place in death so that you could have life. So your flaws, your failures, what you can't do is not an issue. His body was broken to pay for that. Amen. And the blood is the seal of the new covenant. Amen. He said, drink it all, eat it all. And that shows forth his death, which is our death. Death to what? Unbelief, doubt, fear, thinking too small, thinking won't happen now, thinking you got to wait forever. Thinking it's you got it's got to take time. All that dies at the cross, and let God put a new vision, a new picture in your heart and in your soul of who you are, what He wants for you, what He's going to do for you. Make that be a new thing, Amen. Let it be a new thing. Some of us need to want to live more for God. You're bored living your routine, everyday life. You know, that's what makes some of us get wacky in our heads. You know, strange ideas. Need a new revelation. He's got much to show you. Christianity is not boring at all because it's full of life. It's full of eternal life. Amen. So God wants to put that life in us in a new way. He wants to really wow us with who he is. You got me? He wowed these men. Their minds were so messed up when they left there. And they they kept thinking back as to the conversation they had. And it says, um, and they they their eyes were open, verse 31, and they knew him. And then he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Didn't our hearts burn within us 
while he talked with us, by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures. In other words, there was some life work in there, but we shut it down. How many of us, God has put ideas inside of us for what he's going to do for us and with us, and it was just, it was, I just can't, that couldn't be God talking to me. That couldn't be God. That's why he gets you under the word, under preaching. He send a prophet to you to give you a word. So to slap you upside your head again so you'll hear it again. You got me? If he didn't need to talk to us that many times, trust me, he wouldn't do it. You know, he, he'll he send a, you'll hear it in the preaching. You know, man, I think maybe God is saying something to me about, <laughs> duh, you know, I'm the same way. It takes something to get the word into us, folks. I mean, seriously, where we can hold on to it, we can believe it, and we can keep quit shutting it out like it's not for us. And it does take some work. You see right here how how much, and this was Jesus talking to people. You understand the, the, the best you can get. And it was still hard for him to, to convince them until the communion table, until the covenant was restored to them and renewed and they were refreshed in their covenant. See, we need to do, we need to do communion to get refreshed in our covenant. And slow it down and say, now, wait a minute. I'm running around here trying to make all this stuff happen on my own power. And I need God to come in here with me and show me the way. Let me stop. Let me put the brakes on here. Amen. And get a new revelation from it. Expect him to speak to you. Expect him to give you direction. Expect him to give you encouragement and instruction. He's not done with any of us yet. Not by a long shot. We got a whole lot more to accomplish. Amen. I'm talking about ministry personally, every, every which way. Amen. But get them in the right order. Y'all know what I mean. You know what I'm saying. Just don't, don't be rushing around here. God gave me this. God gave, just sit down, sit, 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 sit. You know, have a little communion break, commune with him, talk to him, find out what's on his mind. It'll mess your head up sometimes, but you need to find out. He'll help you receive it. He did that with these men. He walked all this way with them talking unbelief and acting crazy and being depressed and discouraged and sad. How many of you willingly walk up to a bunch of sad people? Tell me about it. So, But, you know, it's hard to break through all of that. But he was able to break through. Understand this. I don't care what it is you think God's promised you or what you desire from God or what he's told you he's going to do for you and what you want him to do for you. He's going to break through on you until you get it. He's not going to give up on you. He's going to keep breaking through on you until you get it. Amen. He's not going to leave anything on the field. Right, coach? You spread it all. You spend it all out there. You don't bring nothing home with you. You understand me? You use it all up. And that's what he wants us to do. How can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? You won't neglect anything God has for you. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Why don't we just stretch a little bit, and I'm going to finish up our teaching from last week. How much time I got, Miss Vicki? How many? 
54. Get out of here. I got that much. Oh, my. The things I can do in an hour. Will you guys go and stretch? Why y'all looking at me like, what did I do wrong? Did I forget something? Did we take the offering? Okay, well, you know, get up and stretch. Don't go. And don't take too long. Get some water. It's only a dollar, whatever. I don't care. No, it's, yeah.
Yeah, okay. Praise God. All right, everybody back. This was not a social hour, just a break. Stretch. Stretch your legs. You'll have plenty of time to socialize afterwards. Amen. Amen. Last time we were speaking about healing three ways. Our cornerstone scripture is Proverbs 4.20.22. That works all the time. The word works to heal you if you will listen to it and listen to it only. Um, I, I was speaking with someone. Um, they were fasting uh, as well as in the word because they need a healing. And I told them part of fasting is to um, not have any distractions. The reason you fast, you don't want the worldly distractions. Number one, uh, food is something that if you if you um, eliminate it, limit it, not be so given over to it, that will enhance your spiritual alertness and awareness. But the other thing is there are distractions from the world. Conversations with people. Amen. Television. Amen. Um, uh, you know, any the, the Internet, your social media, all of that, you have to keep that to a minimum. And, and if you're serious about God and you're waiting on him to give you something, then you put everything aside and give that your full attention. It's the same word. If, you, if you're going to get enough word in you to kill disease, you've got to give yourself over to it 24-7. You can't just sit up and do a casual, unless God tells you it doesn't take all that, which I don't, he's never told me that. Because you can't overdose on the word. And how many of us are so word, word uh, heavy that, you know, oh, if I get another scripture in me, it's really going to send me out of here. You know, we're not like that. We need as much as we can get. Amen. And so I encourage them uh, to not receive any phone calls till there's a turn. What a turn is, there's God's manifested something that lets you know you're on the right track. That's all it tells you. You're on the right track. You ain't got it all. Stay on that track. See, that's what that means. And so we have to get serious about what we what we want. We're serious. When we, we are serious, we got to act like we're serious. And chatting with friends is a no-no. You don't have no friends but Jesus. When you, when you need something from God, don't have no friends. You understand what I'm saying? You don't need any entertainment. Jesus is a... a a big bundle of joy when you get to know him. You understand me? And I want to know him better. So I want more joy from him. Most of our, our issues come from not enough attention to the word. So you got to give it your full attention. Uh, shut everything else out until you get your breakthrough. Amen. And, and don't put a timer on God. Amen. He don't like that. He doesn't know what time is. He gave us time, but he's not on time. So he wants us to, to live that way. So, and then we talked about faith in his name. And that is very, very important. You've got to believe there's power in the name of Jesus. And let them Hebrew names go, okay? Amen. You just need one. Amen. The name of Jesus. 
praise God. Amen. And so um, it, we talked about that, and we talked about the fact that signs follow his name. According to Mark 16, 17, and 18, signs follow those who believe in his name and in the power of his name. He told the disciples to ask in his name, and he would do anything for them. And it's amazing how many prayers are given in unbelief because people just don't read and believe what they read. But when you ask anything in his name, he said he'll do it for you. Amen. Now go and do something else. You know, quit bugging him about the same old thing. Just start thanking him for it and act like you got it already. Amen. That's faith. Faith acts like you have it before you have it. Amen. It does. If if you are looking for health, faith gets up and does things healthy people do. That's how Brother Hagen received his healing. He was paralyzed, had an incurable blood disease and a weak heart, was born with a deformed heart. Any of those were killing him. But all of them left the minute he received Mark eleven twenty three and told God. And God said, well, if you believe it, do what healed people do. He said, get up out of that bed. Amen. And he stood up and he said, he felt, he said, something like liquid oil went from the top of my head down my body. And he said he, he stumbled a little bit. He was a little weak, a little, but he kept moving. Amen. Amen. He kept moving, came down to breakfast when he hadn't been to breakfast table in a, in over a year. And his grandfather was there and he said, uh, is Lazarus raised? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and so God will do these things, but you've got to decide that you are what you're, you think you're seeking. You're that already. If you're saved, you're healed. Now, what about my symptoms? What about them? You're going to give them attention or are you going to give the word attention? See, that's the first thing the devil does to us is ask you what about what, what is evident in the natural. What about it? The Bible says Abraham considered not his own body. Got me? Didn't think about it. What did he think about? What God told him. That's what you're going to think about when you want something from God. You're going to think about the word. Amen? So you don't address things that aren't significant. Your symptoms are not significant. Because they're going bye-bye when you get enough of that word in you. But you got to get that word in you first. There's a process to it. So that's part of the process. So the name of Jesus has all power in it. It kills the devil. It kills sickness. It brings health. It it brings eternal life to people. There's eternal life in no other name but his. Amen. There's no other name given among men whereby men must be saved other than the name of Jesus. Amen. It's all power. Power to raise people from the dead, heal sick bodies, uh, you know, give people a new life, make them born again, change, 100% change. They don't do the same old stuff they used to do. Amen? And so that's, that's his name. So we said also that Jesus healed people to fulfill his covenant. Amen? It's fulfilling his word to us is why we get healed. Isaiah 53 says he was wounded for our transgressions. 
He was bruised for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace with God was laid on him. The punishment went on him. You don't get punished. You get health. You got to get out of jail free card. How'd I get that by your confession? He sneaked it in you. <laughs> huh? Because most of us say, well, Jesus will give it, get out. I don't believe it. So you just, you know, tell people to say this in his prayer, and he sneaks it in there. Amen. You know, I mean, he can't let us know. He can't come through the front door all the time with stuff for some of us. We'd fight him too much. And some of us just too nosy. You know, they Yeah, I know everything. What's what's that? What's that? You know, if God told you when he was going to do certain, that's why you don't get a lot of prophecies that tell you a date. Well, I don't know if I can wait that long. I Can you get it soon or you be want to argue with it instead of prepare yourself for it so you don't miss it? Arguing. Amen. So he leaves a lot of the, the secret things to himself. He leaves them secret. Amen. Health follows obedience to God's laws, his laws of faith. We must believe that we receive it when we prayed or believe that you received it when you got born again. They both work. Amen. If you believe you were healed when you were saved, then you were healed. Amen. Because it's true. Amen. The atonement paid for you. He bore our sicknesses, carried our sorrows. And they were nailed to the tree with him and died. They don't have any power over you anymore. Amen. Sickness doesn't have any more power over you than somebody who's laid out at Boyd's or a pie. And that who y'all got up there, Miss Juana? That's <laughs> okay, Miss Juana. That's okay. Okay. Just stay deep in whatever you're over there in. <laughs> you can write my notes. I'll blame you, Miss Water. Amen. So, so they can't harm you. Sickness can't harm you. It's got to leave. Amen. Now, there are some people who live with symptoms, and symptoms won't, don't bug them. They're so in faith for their healing. You know, I mean, it's just. They're going to leave. When God says they're going to leave, they're going to leave, or they're going to leave sooner or whatever, but I know I'm healed. See, that's the way Abraham was. He didn't consider his body. Amen? He was impotent. And Sarah had never been able to conceive. Amen? And they laughed so hard, they conceived a baby. Keep laughing. Poppy, you better cut it out now. You just... You got four and more. So. Your little quiver is full. Amen. Yeah, quiver is full. Amen. Praise God. But they laughed and they conceived. There's a key to that. Anybody pick up on it? Laughter is a medicine. You can laugh your way into health. If you quit feeling sorry for yourself, amen, replace that with laughter. 
you, you God, your word says laughter is, is good for me like a medicine. Well, start laughing. Laugh at the doctor's report. Laugh at what they say. Laugh at the pain in your leg. Laugh at, you know, you understand what I'm saying? I don't know if I should do that or not. Well, don't do it. Keep not knowing. Amen. People have been healed. Why do you think their laughter breaks out in revivals? Amen. It's it's not for nothing. Everything God does has a purpose to it. Amen. You need to laugh to make some devils mad. Because they keep dragging you down and you stay in their corner upset and mad and, you know, conniving and trying to do stuff and fix it yourself. Why don't you just try laughing for a change? Quit taking yourself so seriously. You, you understand what I'm saying? I got bills to pay. I, they'll, they'll get paid whether you cry or whether you laugh. Or not paid. I don't know what your situation is, but you understand what I'm saying? You might as well. But laughter has healing in it. It has healing in it. Amen. It's sad that uh Robin, uh was it Robin Williams? Was that his name? Yeah. A, a comedian and committed suicide. See, but he wasn't a believer. you got to believe this stuff works. Amen. A lot of people have laughed their way out of trouble. They just do it. Amen. Laugh until things get better. It's good for you. Amen. Amen. So Jesus fulfilled the law, so health comes through him. He owns healing. If you want to be healed, you got to go through him. you got to see him for it. He fulfilled the law. He took sickness out of the picture for us. Amen. In the book of Genesis, God promised a redeemer who would bruise the devil's head. And that's Jesus. Amen. He would crush his head. I'm sorry. And, and the enemy would bruise his heel. Amen. He gave him pain at the cross. That bruising his heel is the pain he endured at the cross. So Jesus fulfilled that. He took that pain and took that suffering for us. It is not for us anymore. Amen. It, there is no pain or sickness that has your name on it. Amen. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. So when them doctors come to you, well, I have your blood work. Really? Let me see what it says first. Well, this is a little off. That ain't mine. Well, this is not. No, that ain't mine either. What else you got? Huh? Just don't receive them. You can't receive sickness and healing to, they're from two different kingdoms. So we gotta make up our minds which kingdom we reside in. When symptoms hit you, then you begin to rebuke them. By his stripes I am healed. You saw what Jesus went through on the cross? I'm healed from that. That's how I'm healed. He took it already. Amen? The Bible says he was manifest to destroy the works of the devil, not have us live with them. He destroyed them. You know, don't wonder why you have them. Start going into the word and believing what you read. Amen. Well, if you destroy, he did. Don't ask him if he did something. He did it. 
You know, we always want to question God. You don't question them doctors like that. Uh, you paid him all that money and, you know, fill out all your insurance papers and glad to do it. You need to ask him sometime. You sure you spell my name right? On I'm going to have to get you to take that back. That ain't for me. Amen. It's not for you. Don't sign for it. It's not for you. We just so glad to get something. You ever see people go on and on about sickness and what, you know, I, I got this and I, and you know, they say this and I had to take you all around the world on their little diagnosis. Proud of it. That's cause they can't do nothing else with it. They're stuck with it. You're different. You don't have to receive it. Go going on and on about what they found and what they said and how long you got. You got long life if you want it. You better sign up for it today. Amen. God, I'm signing up for long life. Praise God. So Jesus heals according to our faith. You need to know that. Amen. He himself took our infirmities. He healed people to fulfill scripture. Amen. You got to understand that. He couldn't leave his word unfulfilled. He had to heal people because he said he would. And all he had to do was get them to believe. And when they didn't believe, he preached and taught just like he did these two guys. Stayed with them the whole time until they believed. There's no such thing as you can't get your healing because you can't, you don't have enough faith. There's no such thing. He's the fixer of your faith. He's promised to do that. He's not going to leave you. Well, well, gee, uh, you know, uh, uh, Miss Nola, what you doing here? You too young to be up here in heaven. What happened? Well, I didn't have enough faith. Yes, you did. Newsflash, you had the same measure I gave everybody else. Question is, do you put it to use? Is it a little trophy sitting on your dresser or are you putting it to use? How do I put it to use? Confess it. Meditate on it. Start saying you're healed. But I I didn't ask you what you felt, what you thought, what somebody told you. I ask you all that. Amen. God will never ask you what you think about his word. You got me? It's not relevant what you think. What's relevant is what he says about it and the fact that you believe it. And quit giving a vent to doubt and unbelief. When you want to question why and question when, and question, that's doubt and unbelief stalking you. Hmm? And wondering, wonder why it's taking so long. You need to be in the word. If you was in the word, you wouldn't be wondering, you'd be knowing. Amen? Sure you would be. You'd know. Well, God, I'm reading this word, keep reading it. Huh? Read it till you like it and then read it some more. Amen? When you get tired of that scripture, 
take a break and go get another one and then come back to that one because you ain't done with it. When you're tired of something, you're not done. I'm going to say it again. You tired of that scripture, go read another one. Then come back to that same one. You ain't done. Our little feeble brains want to fight everything all the time. I want to be sweet on Christmas. Am I sweet, everybody? I thought so. I thought so. I thought so. I thought so. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But he heals according to our faith. In Matthew 9, turn there. Keep believing. Don't ever stop believing. And I don't mean just in your heart, but let it be in your mouth too. Keep the expression. When I say believing, keep the expression of faith in your life. In Matthew 9, it says uh, verse 27. Jesus, he's just left Jairus' house where he raised her daughter. His, he raised his daughter from the dead. Two blind men followed him crying and saying thou son of david have mercy on us have mercy on us and when he was coming to the house he obviously allowed these men to follow him for a while and when he was coming to the house the blind men came to him and he said to them do you believe that i'm able to do this do you believe i'm able that's a question we all got to answer do you believe God is able? That's a yes for most people. Then you got to believe, is he willing? And is he willing to do it for you? Anytime, 24. If I was to contact you any time of the day or night, would you say he's willing to heal you? If you can say it like that, <clears throat> that quickly and that genuine, you got me? These guys might have had a different answer. But they gave the right answer because they believed it. They followed him long enough to get their faith established that they wanted it. Amen. Once he knew they wanted it, he had to believe that he had to see that they believed he could do it. Amen. And so when he says they then he touched their eyes and told them, according to your faith, be it unto you. And that's how their eyes were opened. They believed he could. In our situation, we must believe he has already. That's not a good question for us. We got to believe he has already. Another bypass, can he, will he, won't he, do I qualify, am I worthy? The answer is no to the last two. He will. He wants to. Do you qualify? No. Are you worthy? No. What do you mean? You mean I can't get it? No, the two no answers mean it's not relevant. Say it again. It means it's not relevant. Your Honor, I object. They asking if they worthy. I object. Judge your ornery, sir. I object to that question. Amen. Because it's irrelevant, immaterial. And they need to go get in their word. Amen. That's what needs to happen. 
wouldn't be asking such questions if we was in the word right. Amen. So, so he, he will do things according to our faith. What do you believe? I believe God can do anything. Do you believe he can heal your sick body? Three months from now, will you believe it? Three years from now, will you believe it? That lady that got that miracle for her daughter, deformed daughter, she she told people every day for what it was, 12, 13 years, something like that, that Jesus was going to come to the house and heal her daughter. And the, he, she, the daughter asked her one day, Mommy, you really, you've been saying that for a long time. You've been saying that ever since I've been here. You really believe that? She said, I don't just believe it. I know it. See? She was adamant. What you know, you know. What color is your car? What you know, you know. Amen? It don't change. See, when you have that knowing that doesn't change, you get it. He may make you hold on a little bit longer than you think you need to, but you'll get it. Amen? No harm in you waiting a little bit. You're not in pain. You're not being kicked out the house. Huh? You're just a little anxious about things. He wants you to calm down and act like you have it already. See, if you're on the edge of your seat wanting something, you don't have no faith that God's got something for you. Now I'm going across. I know where they love me. I'm going to put on my boa, <laughs> strut across the street, sitting up here looking at me stunned. What did I say anyway? It was so stunning. I got to say that again. Do you understand what I'm saying? You anxious on the edge of your seat, just calm down. You'll get it when you calm down. You want something, but you don't want God to give it to you. You got real quiet now, right? Sure. You understand? My dear late husband used to say that to me sometimes. He said, why can't you wait till I get you stuff? And I'm like, brother, I've been waiting with you for some years now. You understand? And he ain't God. You understand what I'm saying? You know, come on, when you're dealing with people, you got to, girls got to do what a girl's got to do. <laughs> Poppy staring at me. Oh, I repent. Poppy ain't about there calling time on me. <laughs> time out. And all the, all the men said, oh, woe is me. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, I didn't know to listen to God. You understand what I'm saying? God wasn't saying that, to be honest with you. He was just telling me. Just, you know, hold your horses. You know, men always scared. I'm going to say this, Poppy, and then I'm going to quit. Men always scared you're going to take them to the poorhouse. You got me? And and you ain't going. I said, if I ain't going, you ain't going, brother. What you scared of? Come follow me. Amen. <laughs> Come with me to the Kazbah. 
<laughs> right. They always count everything. My goodness. They're like, somebody got to pay the bills. Well, yeah, yeah, it is true, but this is fun time right now. We can't have no fun. But but God wants you to believe him for stuff. Right thing, right time, right, everything's right. It's 100% right when God brings it. Amen. You know, you got to make your flesh quit bugging you about things. Your flesh get in there and mess everything up. So, so let God have these things. Amen. You trust him, let him have them. He'll bring them to you at the right thing at the right season. We don't know what we want anyway. Amen. We really, we really want the fruit of the spirit. Want to have some joy, some peace, love. You don't get love from people all the time. You get it from God every time. You understand? You got to learn how to receive things by the spirit. You know, quit being so carnal. Know what I'm saying? This, you know, life isn't passing you by unless you're trying to do things without God. Got to have him in the picture 100%. 100%. So, <clears throat> the blind receive their sight because he heals according to our faith. It's your faith that's going to do the job. And you've got to continue to build your faith every day. Every day that you're here, you're working on building your faith. And faith is not just uh, internal believing, what you're thinking and what your heart desires. It's not all, quote, spiritual that you can't see. Faith is action. There are certain things that release your faith that you must do. Amen? You, you, you know, the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. Amen? So God's got a job for everybody. There's no such thing as you don't have a job and can't get a job. He's got a job for you. The job that he has for you, you kind of look over like that, like that ain't yours. You know, uh, you know, it's like, it, it, do I have a corner desk? Do I have a, is it a corner office with a desk, big desk in there? Well, no, it's, you know, you, you can go and clean that office. You got me? But you'll get there. You'll get there. You just can't leap there. You have to walk there with God. You have to prove yourself to him. And so God has all those. See, everything your heart desires, he put in there. He wants you to understand there's a God way to receive things. And there's a flesh way to receive things. And he wants you to receive it by your faith. And until your faith is developed, you won't please him, and he won't release the things that you desire to you. Now, you might get them. You know, anybody can go out and buy stuff. Anybody can go out and, you know, get you somebody, as people say. Whatever. I don't want me nobody. You know, some of these people, now, excuse me, Poppy, can I just go here for a minute? Some of these brothers, you you go get you somebody. You can't get rid of some of these brothers. You understand what I'm saying? They've been and figured out your hours, when you coming, when you going, and how much you make. I don't make nothing. I'm waiting on man to come in here. 
make? Are you kidding me? My daddy owns everything. I don't have to make nothing. Amen. Man, that you make, you know. <laughs> like, I'm going to bring it back to you. Are you kidding me? I sent somebody out for mine. <laughs> Wait for mine to walk in here. What's wrong with people? What's wrong with people? Praise God. Where was I? It's according to your faith. And faith is an action. Somebody tell you they're going to be rich and they ain't working, they lying. They lying to you, lying to themselves. You ain't going to get nothing if you ain't out there hitting it every day. Nothing coming in. God will see to it you don't get nothing. You understand me? Because he's serious about his word. You, you know, people, I'm going to be a millionaire one day and they sitting down to wife work and taking care of everybody. And no, you won't. Because he ain't going to make her rich for you to sit up and just use it all. What you going to do? Huh? So faith is an action. If you believe God's going to make you wealthy, then get out there and hit it. You know, be at something. Be after something. Amen? He'll make anybody wealthy. You know, some of the things that people are making tons of money off of now, it's like, who would have thought that would have brought made somebody a billionaire? It's their diligence. They're doing something by their faith according to God's principles that's causing them to prosper like that. You got me? Anybody who's got a lot of anything is getting it God's way, especially if they keep it. Amen? Amen. I'm not talking about them, you know, them Bentleys that roll up one day and, right, a one-week Bentley. You know what I'm saying? You, I ain't talking about that. We, we talking about something that parks in your garage till you're ready to let it go someplace else. You got me? So that's what God's in. But faith is in action. God will tell you what to do to exercise your faith so that when you pursue these things you'll get it just like you said it just like these two blind men according to your faith be it unto you that's what he told them and their eyes were open so they proved to him that they believed there's a proving to god that you must do that you believe until you get up and move and do something he don't believe you want it amen and you won't get it till you move on it There's something we all have to do to move us to that next place. We want it badly, but we don't want it enough to put some muscle to it or some action to it, no matter what God tells us to do. Sometimes you got to try some different stuff. If it don't work the first time, say, God, I messed up on that one. Give me something else. Amen. Who was that? I think it was Vicki Winan said she was sick for a long period of time, and every time she went to church, one of the saints told her something different to do. She said, I did it all. She said, not any of it worked when it was time for, I guess she just did it until something happened and it clicked and she got, God healed her. But she was in faith every time she did it. You know, she wasn't disbelieving on nobody's quote unquote word of knowledge. You know, one of them word of knowledges was going to work one day. Amen. 
So, so we've got to get out, folks. Prove God, you know, that you believe God. Use your faith. Without works, it's dead. It, it's got to have some action to bring it, to ignite it, and bring it alive in you. But when you do that and you see that God prospers you in it, then you've proven to him that you believe him. Amen? All right, why don't we stop? Well, Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus, that he is the reason for the season. He's the righteous one, propitiation for our sins. Thank you, Lord, for his royal birth, even though he was born into a a poor family, Lord, just an average family. He's royalty all along. Thank you, Lord, to unveil the royalty in your children, your servants. We are royal priesthood. We're more royalty when we're serving than any other time. So we thank you for that, Lord. We bless you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. 